Welcome. You're listening to the Grow Ortho Podcast, presented by HIP. This podcast is dedicated to orthodontists who want to stand strong in their market and be leaders in their community. Now, on to today's show. Well, we are here on a beautiful, kind of gloomy Saturday in Pensacola Beach. Uh, We just wrapped up Fish Find Fundamentals. We're doing a special Grow Ortho podcast episode in a hotel room, actually. You should see the setup. I think we got, what, seven cameras rolling in here and lights, but we're super excited for this episode. We've got Dr. Wes and Dr. Kelsey Gass. Um, They're coming in from Georgia. They did a a startup together, um, and uh, we're super excited to have you guys. So welcome on the show. Thank Thank you. you. Tell us just a little bit about, well, first off, how did you guys even meet? Let's start there. Okay. So I did my ortho residency in San Antonio, and my second year of residency, Wes did his interview, and the night before you do social, so he comes for the social, start talking to him. He was in Houston, told me this crazy story about how he's from Georgia, and he decided that he got this opportunity to be in an advanced education grad program in Houston, and he had like one day to get over there. Uh a little more than a day, but a very short amount of time. So he just packed up everything that he could in his little Volkswagen Jetta and <laughs> drove down to Houston, didn't have a place to stay, and just pulled into Houston, found a, a part, well, a hotel the first night or two, yep. and then um, searched for an apartment, got furniture there, that like a, an apartment with that, and started a program. And to me, I was like, wow, that's really adventuresome. Like, I don't know if I could do that, but it was just really a cool story, and I was attracted to it, and um, I, I guess, oh, because I went to dental school in Houston, so we ended up talking about all the commonalities of Houston, things I love, things he loves, and so we just hit it off. It was like a great evening. I left the interview, like, there's no way I'm getting in here, because I totally blew it, because, you know, the first, <laughs> the, the first night, you're it's like a resident social. And so you're kind of just getting to know people. And, and the residents, while they don't make the decision, they have a big impact because they, they're trying to pick people that fit the program. And I'm pretty sure I only talked to her. If I talked to anyone else, I wasn't thinking about talking to them. I just happened to do it while I was trying to get back to talk to her. And, uh, you know, the second day you do your interviews, and I was driving back to Houston from San Antonio. I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, man, why did, like, I totally blew that. And then, you know, long story short, ended up matching there. Um, and so when I matched there, uh, she was in her third year. I was starting my first year. And we had I, talked a little bit via social media, like Snapchat in the day. And yeah, so it was like, I could tell I, he's kind of flirting. I looked for opportunities to try and stay in touch. I'd ask her like, where should I maybe look for an apartment or something? <laughs> Just trying to like keep the lines of communication open. And um, <laughs> so... Then he starts the program. It's kind of this awkward thing because I think I hit the realization of, I don't know anything about this guy, you know? Who knows who he is, what his heart is, and we're in a tiny program. What if it fails? And it's my last year. It's his first year, you know? So I kind of put up my guard, and I was real cautious. I friend-zoned him, like, come hang out with my roommates. Oh, oh yeah, we're no going to do Snapchat. this. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it, became, it became very real. And so uh, he, I probably drove him insane. Yeah, she took me down to the last, like, opportunity I had to the point where I was trying to get her to, like, 
you know, mm. I wouldn't call it an official date, but I was just trying to get some one-on-one time and she just wasn't giving it to me. And I was about to be like, I'm done. And <laughs> finally, I, I like basically just told her, I said, I'm not really interested in hanging out with your friends right now. I, I want to get to know you. And, oh. and so she said, okay. And she came over for dinner one night. I lived in a really cool apartment complex in the hill country that had like a uh, hiking trail with some really cool views. So uh, grabbed a bottle of wine, went on a hike, sat down, watched the sunset. And one of the, of the things rest was that <laughs> we did when we were up there was he kind of just painted out like what he wants in life, his and all this. And I think he was the first person that actually like pursued me. And then when he laid that out, he didn't know anything about like exactly what I want in life. And I was like, oh, I like all that. That is exactly like my goals and my ambitions too. And so I was like, okay, I'll give him a chance here. Yeah. And and a little background on it that kind of what helped us connect was, so I grew up in Roswell, Georgia, and she grew up in Roswell, New Mexico. And so the odds of Roswell and Roswell um, were kind of fun. And then the, the common ties to Houston. And like she said, I, I I just kind of felt the need to tell her like my goals, my passions, like what were my beliefs? Um, what were my values? And, and how did I want to live my life? And how did I see that going? And that I, I might have even told her I wasn't really looking for a friend. I said, I really do like you. I said, I know I don't know much about you, but somehow I really do like you. <laughs> and uh I want to tell you about me because I think you're going to like me back. And then I guess it worked. It worked. It worked. You went for it. Yeah. This is my it. advice, right? This yeah. is how I coach yeah. single guys is like, you just got to go for it. It yeah. is. In, in today's, yeah. Something yeah. attractive about candor. Well, in today's day and world, I mean. I, I, I think there is. I Yeah. I can't tell you how many people I would hang out with. And, you know, they were just friends because you never really knew where things were. So you just friend zone. Got it. But then I love that he was so intentional about like when he said, I don't want to hang out with your roommates. I want to hang out with you. And I was like, okay. Like he was very like, we're not friending. That's it. Like we're either going to have a relationship or that's it. Well, I think it's a, a, a good uh, characteristic or a good approach to have for so many things. Uh, I can remember uh, the first big job I got in New York. The boss is kind of telling this story at a retreat, and he points me out and says, Luke knows or knew what he wanted. Some of you came in through internships. We offered an internship. He said no. He said, hey, if you're going to give me an internship, I have a job lined up in Jacksonville. Same type of thing where I approached my wife. Um, I had known her since I was 15. I won't tell the the long story, but essentially <laughs> it was like the only option in my brain, okay? Like it's her or like Single nobody. Life. So uh, I asked her if she can meet up uh, around Christmas time when we both came home because she was at University of Alabama. I was in New York. She's like, well, family's in town. She has a big family, and we'll see what happens. I might not be able to connect. So she ends up texting me like the day after Christmas, hey, I can get up tonight. We go to this bar downtown. She invites a friend, like a, a wing yeah, woman. Gotta have one. Gotta have one. I know that feeling. Yeah, I know her friend, and I just looked at her, and I said, I want to marry you. And I hadn't seen her in like two years, and she just said, we'll prove it. I'm like, Okay. So that's like, they w- that's just the way I approached it. And, you know, it was fast tracked from there. But I think when you know, I also think not only women, but men, you know, we appreciate people who know what they want and approach it that way. 
clears you know, all of the confusion yeah. and the instant yeah. <clears throat> clear communication. There you go. Always yeah. critical. And compelling. Thanks for clear the inspiration, Doctor Gas. You can get out of the friend zone. <laughs> 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 <It's good to laughs> <know. laughs> all right. So then, how did you guys, you know, going through residency? You obviously getting out, you know, into the ortho field. What did that look like? Yeah. So I was finishing my last year residency when we started dating, and. I knew he had two more years, so trying to find a job out of residency, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to stay in the San Antonio. I think I did an interview in Houston, kind of played with it, but really didn't want to be far away from Wes. And so I had some opportunities in um, San Antonio, took a job for two years, waiting for him to finish. And then when he was finishing up, we kind of sat and tried to figure out, well, what's our game plan? Yeah, And we had looked into some places in Texas because we love Texas and then Wes got offered an opportunity that brought us out to Georgia. I mean, by that point, I, we were very serious. We, we kind of knew that our future to get was mm-hmm. together. Um, <laughs> we were, we were, I, I, at least I, I think, yeah, I think knew. so. I might have known. Maybe she didn't. That's but, all it took. Yeah, that's all it took. But um, so, yeah, we had conversations about that. So she, she took a job close by while I finished my last two years Um making the big decisions. Okay. Do we, do we stay in Texas who we love and, or where we love and we have friends and and life was great. It was some of the best years of our life. Or do we go back to New Mexico where she's from? Or do we go back to Georgia where I have family in? Um, for many reasons, we, we chose to go back to Georgia. A lot of them being that we wanted to raise a family together and we wanted to be close to, to family. Um, Kelsey, I, I don't want to say she didn't want to go back to New Mexico, but there just didn't seem like there was as great of a, a professional future for us if we went back to... Well, I'm from a small town, so I'm having... I'm Roswell, New Mexico, actually. Do you? Yeah, yeah I lived in Albuquerque for oh, a year. Oh, yeah. Super random, but... That's crazy. Yeah, yeah most people don't know much about New Mexico. Yeah, I know exactly where it is. Yeah. So, yeah, New Mexico, I, there's one orthodontist in my hometown. He's kind of looking to retire, but we kind of started looking like, one, there's really not enough for two orthodontists in the small town. And so that's kind of why we were like, eh, maybe right. we don't go to New Mexico. Maybe we just stay in Texas. And a lot and- of our hobbies and stuff, I mean, we enjoy the outdoors and, and exercise. And where we live, we live really close to the mountains. Um, we named our practice after a big lake that's nearby. Lanier. Uh, Lanier. Yeah. Yes. Lanier. <laughs> for the listeners, I've known... The gas is now what? It's been over a year. Over a year. Over a year, I've known these people, and I've been pronouncing the name of their practice wrong for over a year. And then you got our team pronouncing it wrong. Yeah. And then we hired somebody. Fast forward to this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I've been called (laughs) Dr. Lanier a time or two as well. That's okay. I'm convinced that you guys just didn't say anything, so you could like just talk crap Make fun of you. Off the call. This idiot still doesn't know the name of the Lanier. But not to di- not to diverge. <laughs> yeah. So big picture, we we just made the decision to move back to Georgia, which unfortunately entailed Kelsey having to uh, redo her licensing exam because mm-hmm. she wasn't licensed. I I had my license in Texas and Georgia. She had hers in Texas, and Georgia's unique. Of course, they they want their own special licensing exam, and um, so we, after convincing her to to go through that to move <laughs> back, um, we kind of booked it. I had secured an associateship uh, position um, with a potential pathway to partnership. 
And it just felt like that was the right decision for us. And then as I was graduating is when COVID happened. Um, luckily I got out and didn't have to like finish residency during all that COVID mess. Mm -hmm. I kind of got done. And, um, when we moved out there, the board kind of stopped all the board exams. So we moved out there. Luckily I, I had a job, Mm -hmm. but Kelsey wasn't able to get licensed and they wouldn't tell us when she would be licensed. Mm -hmm. So there was a little bit of kind of fear in our hearts of, okay, well we moved out and we were living in, uh, my mom's guest bedroom with our golden retriever and his crate and a very small area. All of um, our stuff in storage. Yeah, all of our stuff in storage. <laughs> At the time, the housing market was really starting to kick off, so there was like not many homes available. Uh, so we're trying to figure out kind of life of... Where do okay, we want to live? But we only know where he's working. We don't know where I'd be working. So we're trying to like make an educated decision. Yeah, like you want to pick where you want to live. We definitely didn't want to like overextend our resources in terms of like our, our first home in the event that we were single income for the next, the foreseeable future. Um, but we knew we needed to get out of the guest, the little guest bedroom. That wasn't going to last for too long. <laughs> the dog was keeping us up at night. He started yeah. licking himself. And so we would just wake <laughs> up and we're like, sake. Like, stop yeah, it. You gotta like, stop. I know so, how that goes. Yeah. yeah. And it was, yeah. Cause you have a yeah. puppy yeah. or one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, we went through all that. Um, we, we got really lucky. We found a house with a great neighborhood. We have some of the best neighbors in the world um, that are some of our closest friends now. And that's essentially how we got to Georgia, which then I guess transitions a little bit into how um, Kelsey kind of secured her position with Dr. Koch. Um, the gentleman I was working with, a, a previous employer of his, I guess, knew Dr. Koch. And we had put Kelsey's resume out and obviously the guy I was working for knew about it and just kind of by pure luck, Dr. Koch reached out to Kelsey and, and offered her an interview. And for um, the listeners, Dr. Koch is a um, hip partner and one of the most kind, uh, most humble individuals I've ever met. And any success I have present and future, I, I can attribute surely to him. Um, and I'll let you talk a little bit more about your relationship with him. Yeah. So when we were looking for a job in Georgia, we had the problem of both of us being orthodontists and looking for anything where I lived. People, when they found out my husband's an orthodontist, didn't want competition, you know, us to kind of be at, at odds with each other. And so that stressed me out a little bit. And so it was kind of um, God's plan whenever I got this interview with Dr. Koch and went and met him and his wife and... Um, hit it off with them, personality and everything. I feel like our um, the way we view things is all very similar and then kind of hoped and prayed that that might be the position. He called me back for a second interview, made me go to the office and meet the team. And uh, his office is just a really cool environment. You walk in, it's kind of like Fishbine where everyone's happy. It's mm-hmm. just you can tell that the employees love working there. And so I, I knew then I really wanted to be a part of it. So... When he gave me the opportunity to join his team, I was stoked. It was a great opportunity. And I want to chime in and say, while Kelsey was working for the two years that we were still in San Antonio, I mean, it was it was a blessing that she she had a, a great job out of residency in terms of you know paying financially uh, very well. And for us, we felt like we were kings, right? Like fresh <laughs> out of school, um, but income, but. The, where she was working, I don't. They didn't understand the business of orthodontics. They didn't understand 
it, it was uh, it was a general dental office general that, dental office that was had ortho on the side, but it didn't have a strong ortho department. And so I jumped in and had to deal with a lot of cases that were not great managed. And right out of residency, you have no idea what to do. You're just like, okay, this is a, a lot. This isn't great, easy cases. You were just having to learn and deal with difficult patients. So I learned a lot through it. But I was really excited when I could leave that opportunity. And yeah, I mean, she really, she did grow. I, I got to watch her grow despite being stressed many nights. But he loved it. Seeing the excitement on her face when she, you know, was offered the position to work with uh, Dr. Koch and, and ever every day since then, I mean, just such a blessing to see it come full circle that she joined just a phenomenal practice with great team members. Every time I show up, I, I feel like I'm a king walking in there. They, they're so kind to me and, and greet me well. And I just uh, can't thank him enough for, for taking care of her. And it's afforded us the opportunity to kind of do what we're doing today. Yeah. I think um, bring up something cool, right? Like you look at the, the business that Dr. Koch has built, right? Obviously an incredible practice, incredible team, incredible business, right? But you know, we all preach on this mindset with all of our listeners in the books, you know, that mindset is everything. And so for the listeners, like to put it into perspective, like where you guys were going to open a practice, you know, it's not really direct competition to Coke, but like it kind of in his backyard a little bit. And what did he do? He, you know, he hired Kelsey and what you guys go to dinner with him frequently and he's a mentor of yours. And I mean, I would say most doctors would, you know. Well, he's, you know, he's, what if they were open another location yeah. well, near me? Was, I'm training my yeah. competition, but what's he doing? He's just giving and investing giving. and giving and yeah. giving and giving and, yeah. Going back to, you know, when I was first looking for a job and them saying, you know, another big corporation, big corporation had said, you know, well, the competition, we just don't want to put you in that spot. And mm -hmm. so that's when I was like, oh, and I'm, I'm someone that wears my heart on my sleeve. I'll tell you anything and everything. So that was hard interviewing places. And so when I interviewed with him, and I said, here I knew kind of his common person that he was an orthodontist and he had no concerns. He said, you know, as long as y'all promise not to come over here, I won't go over there. And he had no problems with it, which is great to see that personality because it's what? just telling Wes. Um, I was going to say to tag on to what Harris was saying, why don't you say what we talked about right before we came up here? Yeah. So we were talking about, you know, this weekend about abundance versus scarcity mm -hmm. and I think Dr. Koch's done an amazing job of that abundance and fish buying with Dr. Carter, the same thing of like, we are a profession and we should be helping each other as professionals. And so Dr. Koch just didn't see anything as a threat. Even when Wes ended up working in the same town as one of his offices, he said, come on, I'm not scared. Like, I'm here for you. I'm here to support you. And I wish our profession did more of that instead of making it more of a competition of, oh, I can do yeah, this our, and our I'm not going to support you. Collaborate and, versus compete. Our yeah. next door neighbor is not our competitor. Uh, there's plenty of orthodontic cases to go around. And I hope that every orthodontist around me like views me a, as a friend and a colleague and that I, our goal is to serve our community. And being the best orthodontist we can is the best way to do that. Um, and so Dr. Koch's a prime example of someone who just doesn't view you as a, a, a threat that there's plenty to go around because what ended up happening in my situation was I left the associateship. And at that point, we had already made our mind up that we were going to open our own practice. And so we immediately got to work on 
all the initial legwork involved with it. And I took a corporate job full time right away. And (laughs) I ended up actually asking Dr. Koch if he'd meet for dinner because the office I was going to go work for, there was three locations involved with it. um, And one was two miles from his office. And out of respect, I wasn't going to take it without his permission. Uh, but I, at the same time, I, I kind of needed it. Like, I, I didn't want to only work part-time. There was no sense in me working part-time. And so I took him to dinner and, and asked him, like, hey, I, I know this is going to come off really weird. But and we talked about not doing this. But would you be upset if I came and worked here for a little while? And his answer was, that's okay. And you're like, uh, thank you. Like, all I could say to him was, was thank you. Like, mm-hmm. you have no idea how stressed I've been about this, how much it means to me that, you know, you're going to uh, put me first before you. Because I'm sure there's a small part that well, everyone probably wants to say no. But, you know, he probably just reflected on it and was like, it's not going to change my life. Like, there's going to be someone else that's going to take that office. So let's at least have it be someone who I know and, and care about. Yeah. Well, I think it's rare too. the interactions I've had with Coke. uh, A lot of it turns into what we've talked about this weekend and he'll, you'll mention a name and he's like, yeah, Jim Rohn. Yeah. (laughs) Like I told him I bought my daughter, you know, Earl Nightingale tapes or whatever. He's like, yeah, Earl. Yeah. And he's like, you know, the strangest secret. Oh, love that one. Listen to it for 10 years every day. And you're like, oh, okay. Like it's very rare that you bring stuff like that up and, and people, in orthodontics know that stuff because like these are mindset or personal development people who lived, you know, in the thirties and forties and fifties. And like, he obviously studied all that stuff, which I just think, uh, is really cool, but it's in line with what you guys are saying. And I think it's, it really helps how you think you're your biggest competitor, not someone else. It's better to give to receive and put out, just positivity and belief in other people. And sure, like you said, you know, you always have those feelings of like, sometimes we get riled up and like, oh, this competitor did this. And then you have to take a step back and like, but we have all this potential. We have this huge pipeline at HIP and, you know, we we need to focus on the things we're working on because we're creating all this stuff that we don't believe there's anything in the market like it. So, you know, we just got to focus on what we're doing. So I think that's really cool that, you know, you you guys are friends with someone and, and hopefully a lot of people like that. But, you know, Dr. Koch is he's probably a top five percent practice for a reason. At conservatively. May, maybe. Yeah. Maybe even more, especially with, you know, private practice and how, you know, the DSO and OSO market has been very aggressive with that. He's private practice, a sole owner. And uh, has an amazing thing going. So let's talk about y'all's practice and and how that decided to you guys decided to go out and start. And also, I mean, we met you through Coke. Is that right? Or did you no. guys? I didn't put the pieces. Together I don't think you put the until, pieces together until Wes scheduled a call with me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's and talk about somehow that. Somehow I ended up on Coke's website. And you saw me. And I'm. Kelsey Craft, is that? And I think I texted you. I was like, "This is your wife, right?" Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is exactly okay. what happened. Yeah. So, what did he associate one of our clients? Like, I, I, that's right. where it all came full circle for me. Yes. I, I 
So my co-resident and and someone who I consider to be one of my best friends is Corbin Clifton, who uh, works with Dr. Sparkman uh, in Amarillo, Texas, and Lindsay Lyon up there. And um, when we were doing our startup process, um, there's a, a lot that obviously goes into it, but we ended up purchasing our real estate and it was an amazing opportunity once in a lifetime. We can thank our amazing real estate agent, Peyton Robeck, uh, for that. And the one downside to it was we don't have a lot of visibility. We're in a very growing area where I know in six months, a year from now, it's going to have visibility, but we didn't have it. So the first thing that came to mind was like, okay, how are we going to attract new patients? Because no visibility. It's not like we're coming in with people that are going to refer to us. It's we're starting with zero patients. Like we knew we had to do something to get patients in the door. And so immediately started having marketing conversations. Um, obviously you can go take gift baskets and do lunches and try and get in with the <laughs> dentist, but we spent a weekend talking about how challenging that can be, um, <laughs> you know, and, and all the various avenues you can do, but we felt like the most efficient way would be through like social media, internet marketing. And so we started doing a little bit of research on who's out there in the market that does it. And the first thing I did was I reached out to Corbin um, because I know that they had been having some tremendous success. And so he told me about actually Harrison and the, and HIP. And um, so I was picking his brain over uh, a couple of calls and then talked to uh, Craig Murphy, who I'd gone on the interview campaign with, and then uh, ended up finding out that Dr. Coke, you know, worked with you guys. And so those are, to me, three very solid individuals giving me really good feedback. So I was like, okay, well, let's schedule a call. So we scheduled this call and uh, yeah. with Harrison. And at this point, life is really <laughs> crazy. I mean, we're just kind of fitting calls in and, and doing things. Met you guys in your shell. Whenever That's we can. We, we were just walking talking through, about that today. Yeah, we were walking through the building. And the, the first floor was finished out, and the second floor was a shell. And we're literally upstairs. And it was I'm a like, random oh, little man, couch that was left behind yeah, up like, in this, like, concrete jungle. It, and I was like, it's time for our call. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So we're FaceTiming off my my iPhone, and we're sitting on a couch that was left in this up, <laughs> upstairs shell. And I, I think the first thing I might have said to you was, like, don't judge us, but we're – we're standing. <laughs> did say something like, like this. something like, "Don't judge us," but we're like standing up in in this empty, unfinished space in case it looks a little awkward or sketchy or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. And um, I mean, just from the very beginning, just we were our socks were blown off with the video call and the professionalism and like how timely you were with the call, and then just the amount of things we went over was far exceeded what I thought the call was gonna be. Otherwise, I would have tried to not be in an empty shelf when we were doing it. Um, and so that was kind of like our first interaction. And what was the timeline like? Because that was kind of drawn out where we got the website up, right? For Well, there was not we had before lots of, getting the website It done, still was like a drawn the out. The time from when we first met each other to even doing business together, like officially, I think. Was, I think that was March of, uh, March of 22, maybe? No. 2021. Uh, right? Well, I left oh, my associateship in. We bought the building in 2022. Yeah. So I think we had just closed on the building when we had yeah. reached out. So it was like April, March, March, April, so there somewhere. There was a good amount of time in between us, like meeting and like 
actually getting started on something. And I think we stayed in touch. You know, there was a lot of. Yeah. So one thing to know about us is we are big spreadsheet people and very calculated people. So what we did when we knew we were going to do a startup. Yeah. For just a little type A, it's great. Um, So when we were planning a startup before, like we were going for the loan and we had to do these spreadsheets and Wes was like, I got to call all the vendors. I need the most accurate numbers possible, which I don't think a lot of people do as much as we did. So we called and we got information on everyone, which probably annoyed vendors because we're like, we're not really buying anything yet. We're just making a spreadsheet and we don't know when we're actually going to start this this thing. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's where we were playing numbers and we're looking at numbers. And so trying to make, you know, what can we piece together to make our loan work, to make this happen? We wanted to visualize it before we just committed, I would say. I think one thing, and I had been doing this some before we decided to purchase the real estate that we did. And that's a whole another conversation we can have if you guys decide, um, was just trying to, I had never done a startup before, right? Like zero exposure to it, zero exposure to really what it took to um, do your own practice. And so the second we kind of said, we're doing this, we're making our mind up, I kind of went full force into it, which involved, the first thing was like, okay, like, what does it cost to do a startup? I was like, my first question is, what does it cost? And so trying to figure out I was making spreadsheet sheets and I was way too detailed in the beginning. If I'm giving advice to someone, I was like every single thing to the types of cotton rolls you use, like trying to figure <laughs> out like I had a list of like 400 items or whatever. And I was like, OK, maybe we need to like let's break this up into categories and figure this out. Yeah. Um, so it's just trying to figure out, you know, what does a budget for this look like? Um, and one of the biggest things that we learned along the way is to surround yourself with good people um, that we didn't go to school to know how to do all this. I went to school to learn how to move teeth and make pretty smiles. And um, I don't, I didn't know everything about it. And I think we got really lucky in the team that we put together. We had obviously our realtor started the ball rolling. Like he was a great communicator, like from the get go, he was very upfront, very um, quick to respond that we got spoiled with him. We were like, this is great. And yes. then he set us up with a team of people that he works with that does dental startups. And that was good because we just didn't know where to look for a lot of those things. It started to, to paint the picture of what, what this project looks like. Because at the very beginning, we really didn't know where to start. Do you go to the bank? Do you go to the real estate? Like, w- like where do you really go? And... Um, so starting with him, like Kelsey said, he was phenomenal in, in guiding us. So anyone out there that is going to do a startup or in the process of it, um, have a real estate agent that you trust. If you're in the Southeast, reach out to Peyton, um, just a, a salt of the earth guy who's uh, expert in communication and timeliness and will help inform you. Um, and the best part is, is if you're on our side doing the startup, there should be zero cost to you for it. So there's literally no risk at asking one of these individuals to help guide you yeah. um, because the landlord is the one who's going to be paying them, right? So not you. So that was the first thing that was nice was to get some of what felt like free advice at mm-hmm. the time. Um, and then like Kelsey said, putting together the team, I think it'd be you know naive to not have a mentor or two on your side if you're able to maybe not everyone is as lucky to have dr coke guiding Mm -hmm. them and and kind of whispering in their ear on what to do but don't be afraid to ask 
you know, former faculty, people like that um, to help you out. Yeah, we reached out, I mean, obviously to some of our co-residents and people that Wes had met along the interview trail. And it was just good to have lots of input from people and help you with the decisions that you make along the journey, cheer you on. So definitely recommend like reaching out to some mentors and people who can help you with the process. But big picture, surround yourself with a great team and, and you guys are an integral part to our practice and um, it's a funny thing, you know, we were talking about our first interaction with you at our, at our <laughs> oh, shell of an wow. office uh, building that yeah, we bought. So we got, we got a little sidetracked, but, um, the funny thing was, I, I don't know if this was our second or a third call with you. We hadn't made the decision yet. And we were sitting in our, um, living room, having the next call with you. And Wes's sister is, um, works for Georgia Sports Marketing, and she was in another room, and she was listening into the call. We finished the call, and she yeah. literally came out, and she goes, y'all hiring them? She, They're great. She, so my sister's worked in marketing for many years now. No. Um, oh. So she is, you know, she's there working with Delta, Wells Fargo, big big corporate sponsors. Huh. Um, so, for example, like when Georgia beats all Miss tonight at – six o'clock central time mm -hmm. um, sure that and, will and we make it to the sec championship and she's real busy with you know more sponsors wanting uh that's how to, you get on the field to the games yep yeah we got that's the connection i told you to come see us but so so she's she's very she's very used to being on you know calls like that and she helps work she knows uh, what to look negotiate the contracts yeah. with these people and we were on the video call with you and we already i mean we already loved you guys we were just trying to figure out like can we make can, this work? Can we make this work? Like, and at the time, we also didn't know all the other things that go into it. Um, as far as some of the the coaching and things like that, we were just like, okay, can we literally afford to do this? And <laughs> she walked in there, and like Kelsey said, she was like, "So when are you hiring them?" <laughs> and, and she was just like, "They're the best people." And she had listened she to us on calls with other marketing agencies and then other vendors, just general vendors and, and just the professionalism, timeliness, uh, the clear, compelling communication, all that stuff was, she was, she's on it's your like team. like a no-brainer to her, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. We yeah. need to meet her. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, she'd love to. Yeah. Luke, I'm going to take a trip up to uh, Lanier <laughs> on my own time. Go to, a, go to a dog's game with there the, you go. the gasses. Uh, I might come. <laughs> we'll Let's see. do it. Yeah. We'll go out on the lake. Remember when yeah. I got stranded in Atlanta? Yeah. Uh, like overnight? Yeah. It was like, they, Wes called me and he was like, oh, dude, you should have come on over. We were like, we have I a said, room. I should have texted me out to come down and got you and taking care like, of you for the no night. There's no way I'm imposing <laughs> on your home. But just the, the Once intention. every couple years, we'd get stuck there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it's now. It's not the worst airport to get no, stuck No, it's really at. not. I mean, at least you got a wide variety of places to go. Yeah. Yeah, it's not terrible. The, the Delta Lounge in Atlanta Airport, uh, B Concourse is pretty much my second home. Yeah. B Concourse, Delta B Concourse. Lounge. I'm always a, there. a little yeah. depressed when I fly out of A because A is not. The A Delta Lounge. It's not, no it's not B. It's we not flew B. out of T and I saw a Delta Lounge and I was like, it can't be that great. Have, uh, no. have you guys? The T Lounge is nice. It is. I've okay. been to all of them. Uh, I spent a lot of time <laughs> in the airport. Uh, C Concourse is a little more low key. It's real nice. Uh, D is like kind of dated a little bit. T is nice. E and F is great. Well, E E also has that restaurant One Flew South. Or one Flew South. If you, you guys haven't, One Flew South. In it's right on the corner. We need to make sure we fly out of E. 
Yeah. Where were you going? Just, let's plan a trip. Just get a long enough leg. We'll have a get there early enough. Yeah, that's what we'll do. We I think maybe we've flown out at E one time. Um, in fact, when I came back, if you come fly out to to the West Coast, you go out at E. So like when I flew back from LA, I came into E. Okay. Um, it's, it's not just good airport food. It's like, like it's banging food. Like really good. Like yeah. sushi's top notch. Steak the is incredible. They've got ramen. The the variety. It's a small menu, but they've got the variety there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll send them this for free. Maybe they'll give them something. We shouted you out <laughs> on an orthodontic podcast. It's free sponsorship. Hey, um, Terminal E. Got to eat in Atlanta. Conferences. People traveling through Atlanta. Yeah. All yeah. The time. <laughs> So you, you get things going, and obviously when we came to consult with Coke, yeah. uh, that's where I first met you. And I think we were just about to kick off like ads, like we because you, you were talking about yeah we're almost ready or yeah. So I guess for us, we started our journey with you guys. We did the website and we wanted it ready to go before we started our office, and we were under the impression that we were going to get open like. September, October of 2022. Yeah. Um, I was pregnant. Yeah. And so we were saying baby and practice about the same time. So we had kind of the two timelines going together and little did we know. Yeah. Permitting and stuff can have hiccups. And so we didn't end up opening until May of 2023, but we wanted the website going. So yeah, I think so we ended up engaging you guys for the website SEO portion nine months in advance or so, which was probably from September. Yeah, it was a great decision. I mean, before we well before we opened, we were ranked number one in our area. Uh, you guys were getting some, yeah, some we, so the, 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 the worst the worst part was, yeah. yeah, we were getting leads coming in. And to be honest with you, didn't really even know that there were leads coming in because I didn't have a phone set up or anything like that. And I went back and looked after we opened. I was like, oh, those were probably like 15 or 20 leads that tried to reach out to us. And we were not paying attention because we didn't even have a phone. We didn't have a phone or anything like that. Um, but so like getting the website and things developed early and getting your name established on the Internet, huge, you know, very important. And, and we see that now. So we appreciate you guys kind of advising us and, and helping us understand the importance of that. And then um, obviously there's the ad side, which happened once we open. Yeah, the ad side, we wanted to start earlier, like y'all had recommended before we open our doors, but we really had no idea when we could actually open our doors. We were just kind of fingers crossed each week, each month, like maybe, maybe not. And so the second we finally got that date, we engaged y'all with the ads, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Which in hindsight, we wish we could have done it earlier because we had a slow first month. For me, looking back, I wouldn't do the ads just like you had suggested about- You know a little bit four, about what you do, right? Four weeks in advance, but- <laughs> but um, they said we didn't know when we were going to open, and it was one of those things that we didn't right. want a bunch of patients calling in and us not know what to do with them. Yeah. So how's it been since then? How, how what's, what's the practice look like so far, and what do you guys see in the future? So we opened in May. We hired one employee. She's kind of our um, office coordinator. She does front desk. She um, answers all of the um, practice beacon uh, responses, calls patients, but then we've also tried to train her in the clinic to do um, chairside assisting, some sterilization, and pretty much it's her and Wes on Mondays and on every other Thursdays. And then on Fridays, I'm typically off and I'll come help. But I, the ads have been crucial to our success so far in the sense, like we talked about earlier, um, it's not like we have people just walking in mm -hmm. and uh, we didn't start with 
referral base. I don't have a pediatric dentist referring to us. Um, so a lot of our patients have been these direct ad patients, um, whether it's Facebook or Google ads. And I, I would like to think that we've been relatively successful as a, as a startup to this point. Um, you know, don't have a whole lot to compare it to, but for us, um, I think we've had in the realm of 450 or so leads come through and uh, of those 60, 60, 60 or so of those have, have started treatment. Um, obviously not every single lead came in for a consult or anything right. like that, um, which never would expect that. But I mean, my goodness, that's just so helpful to a practice, especially a startup if you're not starting out. Uh, with the referral base. All those leads that don't schedule, that's just more exposure. It's a pipeline. It's a pipeline. Yeah. And, and one of the biggest things I tell people um, when they're asking about our experience using you know digital marketing and stuff is it's not always just about the patients that come in and start. It's about creating that presence in the community, um, how many impressions, how many times Random someone awareness. has opened our phone. We, the other day we had someone come in and, you know, we like to ask them, hey, how'd you hear about us? Um, you know, I don't really... even think we asked. This lady was just like, she told me in the consultation, she goes, I just keep seeing his face everywhere. It's <laughs> everywhere. And it's like, so I finally decided I have to come in and see what y'all are about. And I was like, well, perfect. Well, that's a good point because we have so many people talk about, you know, leads and, you know, how many opt-ins or clicks. And you have to zoom out a bit because the the big picture is omnipresence and being seen over and over again in the community and not just online sometimes, sometimes offline too. Maybe it's an event, ball game, expo, whatever. Um, a lot of what Fishbine talked about today, their team, but a holistic buying journey for a lot of people is not an opt-in. A lot of people won't click an opt-in for whatever reason. They just, they don't want to, whether it's the behavior or they think it's going to follow them around more or they're going to see other ads like it. I mean, we'll see people screenshot stuff and save it. I, I open things in um, like Safari. So like ads I see, I'll click and it'll, especially if you're on Instagram, it'll say, do you want to continue an app or go to Safari? Yeah. I'll open it in Safari. I'll leave it there. Like once a quarter, I'll go through and buy the stuff that I actually want <laughs> and then like X out of everything else. But people will screenshot stuff or people will remember. And when a need comes up, they'll have seen Lanier so many times that they'll go, oh, well, we're going to call Lanier. And it's it's just kind of parked in their brain. And I think we've had some people just they see our ad and they call because yeah, they're they like, do. they don't trust the ad. Right. They want to see, do we actually exist? Are we they real? Google right. it. And yeah. then that'll come in like an organic call off your Google My Business. Yeah. And you won't even connect the dots. And so sometimes we have things where like practice beacon directly, it's like it's working, but not to the extent of going bananas. But the practice is up 30%, 40%. And we say, hey, well, when did the growth start to happen? Oh, well, yeah, when I started working with you guys, but it's not showing in practice. And it's like, yeah, you have to zoom out and zoom look at attribution where could it come from yeah. complete you know the complete picture. I mean, you have to remember for us, we're we're in a small community. I mean, we're our town's 25,000 people. Mm. I mean, it's not like we're in a major metropolitan area where we're reaching a lot of people. And um, I would say we've even been more successful than I expected because a lot of the, the community we're in aren't the type of people that are going to be clicking on your online ads. Right. And so we've had a great response from that. And in addition to everything that we just said, it 
creates an opportunity to kind of share your values and what your practice is about. It, it mm-hmm. leads people to to um, put that image and that yeah. why with you mm-hmm. so that when they are ready to make that decision, they're going to remember you. Yeah. Yeah. So for viewers, listeners, we've been at Fishbine Fundamentals for since Thursday night. Was this your first time? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Cook's been like, I know he's been a few times and he's sent staff multiple times. I think Coke's been to like 20 of them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's been to at least four and sent his team, I think, uh, as well. To a few, yeah. Yeah. So what what was your big takeaway from the event? I'm just curious for people listening, maybe they've heard about the event. Like what would you tell people who are maybe have heard it, thinking about it, or maybe they don't even know what it is? Well, I think, I mean, one of the things that came to me, like I was saying, the abundance versus scarcity and Mm -hmm. just seeing how powerful we can be working as a community versus just being focused on like yourself in a way and in a way kind of greedy, just saying, I want this and I want more and more. But the, the benefit you get from giving to other people and then we kind of started thinking about it and we're like, we are so appreciative of all the mentors we've had along the way. And if we didn't have them, I don't think we'd be where we're at. Yeah. And so it was very like revitalizing for me in the sense that I grew up playing a lot of sports. I feel like I've always had a very um, strong mental attitude and, and determination. And, you know, going through the startup process is not easy. It it wears on you. We had a, our first um, child at, during all that on top of the real estate and stuff and definitely started to see kind of some fatigue, mental fatigue, physical physical fatigue come up. And so coming here, being around um, so many other successful practices and getting to learn from, you know, Dr. Fishbein and Amanda and their amazing team it, and then getting to listen to you guys, it's super motivating. It's kind of that recharge that you need to, mm-hmm. it all starts with you, right? And at the end of the day, we're, you know, I hope I'm the least important person in my practice. I do not want my practice to be known because of Dr. Gas. I I just am uh, a cog in the machine, and I want people to come to my practice because of the way my team treats them and the feeling that they get when they come there. And um, it was a great reminder of that. It was a great reminder that I have a lot of work to continue to do on myself and that motivation to do the 5 a.m. wake-ups and, <laughs> and work out and... Um, continue to hold myself accountable. And I'm a big David Goggins fan and oh, the yeah. accountability ma- uh, mirror. And, um, Pull-ups. Yeah, Pull-ups. I mean, just, you know, I love listening to those guys, the the Jockos, the um, yeah. Cam Haynes, you know, those, those are the people that I thrive on listening to them. And so getting to tie that to our practice and our craft, just so helpful. And, and then to get to see how are they implementing this? Because it's one thing to to sit and talk about it. It's another thing to actually go home and put it in and mm-hmm. uh, got to take away like great tips on how are we going to go back and genuinely implement this and continue to motivate while we have one team member right now and we're looking to grow and expand. Um, a nice reminder that, hey, you know what? I need to do what Harrison says. I need to stand up. I need to bring my energy up, change yeah. my state. And yeah. um, for folks that don't know, Harrison made us all stand up and um, twice yeah you can tell them about beat the on your chest a little beat bit yeah 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 what was it say you rock or yeah you're a rock star you freaking rock oh, you yeah <laughs> you i was like what was it 
Yeah. Yeah. Kind of surprised me there. I'm like, whoa. You're like, where are we going with this? I rewinded to my first Tony Robbins conference, and that was from uh, (laughs) Joseph McClendon Jr. Yeah. Um, He actually made a stand up and and say, I freaking rock, but I twisted it and I said, point at somebody and say, you freaking rock. Yes. There you go. It's great. Yeah. Well needed. Yeah. Luke didn't know that part was coming out. No. He role played the whole thing (laughs) except. That. I was like, should I go over to Harrison? <laughs> <laughs> well, anything else you guys want to share before we wind it down? Um, not really. If there if there's any listeners out there that are you know getting ready or thinking about the startup process, or um, maybe they're in the middle of it and they don't know where to start, or, or they want to learn more about their journey, they can always reach out to us. I'm happy to share anything that we did and went through with them and our experiences. So what's the best way for somebody to reach out like an email or yeah. Uh, Dr. Gass, D R G A S S at linear orthodontics.com. Hey, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. It was awesome hanging out and awesome that we could kind of time this interview at the same time. Well, yeah, thank you guys. Thank we, you guys. We appreciate everything you've done for us in our practice and look forward to the continued partnership. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about hip, or any of the topics in this episode, send an email to hello at 